0: Welcome to Sick Burns, where two Gen X friends, a corporate PR pro, and a college English professor deliver choice critique on 80 songs. I'm Margaret. And I'm Elizabeth. Let's get into it today. Whoa. I've never heard her say that before. Have you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, for meetings and stuff. Oh, I I only ever use Zoom for, for this. We use Teams. Oh, yeah. Like the rest of the world. Does the rest of the world use Teams? I think Uh, so. I suppose so because of the ubiquity of Microsoft. Boy, I get a lot of, I realize I'm like square in the crosshairs of the marketing for the Bill Gates empire. So I get a lot of those like, here's Bill Gates's reading list, summer reading list or whatever. And now I'm like, (laughs) no. What is is he reading this summer? Do you remember anything? Oh, I don't know. I didn't read the list cuz i'm hmm. displeased with him hmm. um after all of the revelations about his marriage hang on did he have some ongoing girlfriend i only just heard about this that they met like once a once a weekend i i don't know it sounds like he hit on any number of women who he worked with in some capacity while he was married and that, you know, it's all, I don't know these people, but um that Melinda would say, like, you have to quit it, <laughs> you know, like, knock, knock it uh, off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. Now, in yeah. fairness, when they would say, I'm not interested, he'd be like, fair enough and move along, you know. Yeah. Um, so he's just like a creep, not a. Just a. Uh, violator. Yeah. Hmm. Or something like that. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to harass you sexually, I'm just interested in having some intercourse. But if you're not into that, then (laughs) that's totally fine. Anyone, anyone, (laughs) penis, vagina, anyone? (laughs) That's funny that you draw the line at creepiness and not at total technological world domination, (laughs) you know. Yeah, maybe I'm being <laughs> too permissive there. It all like, blends in, you know. It that. does make you like realize, though, the the careful grooming of um of reputation, and so you know. Then I started looking at all these little posts about his summer book club and stuff a little differently because they've done such a good job with his philanthropic reputation, right? I'm I am so curious about what he's reading and if he's actually reading those things, you know, like I always wonder that about what the actual motivation is behind celebrity book clubs, because I read a couple of Reese book club picks. Not because. You re, yeah, but, not because you're What do you, you think? Wait, did I read more than one? I read one called The Henna Artist and I liked it a lot. And it's just because I had some friends reading it and in a book club and recommended it. I don't know if they did it because Reese said it, but I feel like Reese's book club is maybe like to increase multicultural appreciation or something. I don't know what hers is for. Oh, interesting. I feel like some of them have like a little bit of a social goal, not just. Uh huh. So Um, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. I think his definitely does. So here's what's on his. Summer reading list: Lights Out, Pride, Delusion, and the Fall of General Electric. It's, it's like about, entre- uh, it's like captains of industry porn. Sure, yes, mm-hmm. that might be an interesting one because of all the the way that we held up Jack Welch in the 80s and 90s and and 2000s. Under a White Sky: The Nature of the Future by Elizabeth Colbert. Oh yeah, she's a great writer. What else did she? I know her name. I think she wrote The Sixth Extinction okay a promised land by barack obama mm-hmm. they're good buddies mm-hmm. the overstory by richard powers oh yeah that's great novel. I've that. have mm-hmm. you yeah uh follows the lives of nine people and their connection with trees and yeah. elegant defense the extraordinary new science of the immune system a tale of four lives by matt richtel timely mm-hmm here's a picture of him reading <laughs> Look, he's by a fire and he's reading a book. So You can't hold that posture for so long. You I th- know? Oh wait, hang on. The book's upside down. Never mind. No kidding. No, I'm kidding. Oh. Okay. I am kidding. Yes, kidding. It's right side up. Yeah. And it's and it's also not a real fireplace. It's like one of those fakey, sure. fake things. Yeah. Anyway. Um, have you read anything interesting recently? We've never talked about that on this podcast are you being sarcastic reading things yeah no i i'm we'll not talking about it. oh okay yeah i am reading um huh. oh my god now i can't remember the name of it uh no yeah i can it's called stonehenge and it's by where Bernard. the demons dwell <laughs> Stonehenge. Uh, that's <laughs> funny that you bring that up well. because that may come up later in the uh, in the mix oh. tape ver- mm-hmm. section mm-hmm. of this podcast. But mm-hmm. um, it's by Bernard Cornwell, or maybe it's Bernard. He's English. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, thousands Stonehenge. of years ago, the way that it's his imagining of why Stonehenge was built. Yeah, that's, I love that shit. Same. It's kind of like Clan of the Cave Bear-esque. Yeah. You know, like warring tribes and. Oh, like he dramatizes it all? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Totally. Oh, my God. It's about like the high priest that built it as a temple. Yeah. This is like my um, fall asleep trick, you know, of imagining myself in the other time. It totally is, isn't it? Yeah, that Easter Island, you know, all those like the crop circles, you know, the mysteries of the earth. Yes, uh-huh. So all very intriguing and exciting. Totally. So hmm. anyway, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, there's he, just he's also yeah. the guy that wrote the novels that um, the Last Kingdom is built is based on. Do you watch that on Netflix? No, should I? I mean, I don't know. Do you like? I think you, yes, given your, your um, preferred means of falling asleep, I think this would give you lots of grist for the mill Yeah, it's about like uh, Alfred, the first recorded King of, of England who brought the, yeah. the different areas of England together. I think you'd really like it. And the Vikings keep invading, et cetera. But you I were would like say that something. a lot. Well, I was going to say a couple of things. One is I could never hear the word Stonehenge without singing where the demons dwell. Mm -hmm. And number two, I will never get my spouse to watch that show with me because he refuses to watch historical recreations of things. And it drives me nuts. Why? Why doesn't he like them? I think he thinks of it as like, like extra, like overly done or, you know, like a little bit goofy. I think he thinks it's silly. He prefers to dwell on his own imagination. Well, I would not say that. Oh, okay. That he's not, that makes him sound like Willy Wonka. <laughs> like and that. I would not characterize him that way. I think he thinks it's like cartoonish and embarrassing or something <laughs> for, it's them. One of, for the yeah. actors and for him to watch it. You know, it's like two, it's like, yes, it's embarrassing. Oh, for everyone. Let it go and just enjoy the ride. Tell him. Yeah. How Does he feel Wait. about like things like, um, Oh shoot. What was the very sexy England 18th century about the siblings who all had alphabetical names that everybody watched? Uh, Oh, the Bridgerton. Yes. Bridgerton. So we we did, he was open to it because I was interested in just a little bit of candy, candy fluff before bed or whatever. And Mm -hmm. so we gave it a try, but honestly, we, neither of us could take that. I couldn't take it either. Really? Yeah, what? we only got like half an hour in, um, and I will also say though we have been fans of Shonda Rhimes' shows in the past, you know, uh-huh. so it's not that. Yeah, okay. General thing, you don't mind going to Shondaland? No, no, not one bit. Um, what's the one with um, Viola Davis? How to Get Away with Murder? I think. Yep we were both very into that mm. very much so, mm-hmm. but um, I don't, why was it now? I'm trying to remember how it was. I think it was just a little on the silly side. Mm, okay. And I we couldn't, great that. but, and, and I understand that it's meant to be. And that's what the point is. Like you buy into the silliness and enjoy it. And then it gets sexy at some point, I assume. Oh, yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So he couldn't do that, but he is. But your question remains because he is selective about his dates. Because I remember when Milk came out about Harvey Milk, the first Mm -hmm. gay mayor of San Francisco, who was elected in like, I think maybe the late 60s, maybe the early 70s. -hmm. And I was like, it's a different era. Guess we're not watching it. And he was (laughs) like, hmm can make an exception so i think like if it's a political drama or if it's like within the last 50 years or 60 years maybe he'll do it but i think that only shows his hypocrisy (laughs) (laughs) frankly oh my god but i um yeah maybe i could talk him into the last kingdom we'll see i mean when things are well done you know there's no refusing it so we'll see I mean, if you could just like put it on, I feel like and just be like, you don't have to watch it. That's fine, but I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I think he'd get sucked in. So I've done that with the Crown because he also refuses to watch uh, things about monarchy. Uh huh. But okay. he won't. He won't get sucked into the Crown. Is, uh, should this be the one where we talk about the Crown? Oh, We've, maybe the, it just so happens that these people touch on like many their lives touch on like many major events of the and figures and movements of the 20th century. Yes. And the show does. I I love how they work that in and include it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, there was some episode with in the Margaret Thatcher season when they played maybe the Sex Pistols or some Mm -hmm. rebellious song and they were showing, ah gosh, now it's been so long I don't remember. It was the the episode where the guy broke into Buckingham Palace. Oh yeah, maybe, and maybe it was the Clash actually, because I was like, was, yeah. I might have even been like turning it up in the house, like if anything's going to get him, it's going to be this. the siren song yes. of the <laughs> exactly. draws him in. Exactly. <laughs> What's this I hear in this room? Yeah, exactly. What's his name? Joe Strummer. Joe St- Joe Strummer calls, um, <laughs> but he, yeah. So, but it still didn't do it because I think it became a thing then, where because he had declared. Yeah his intention, he had to like double down on it. Oh, I know. Exactly. I mean, you just miss out on so much joy in life by Mm -hmm. needing to prove that you're right about your opinion. Margaret, no one has said a truer sentence in the history of human utterance. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Maybe I'll put it on a bumper sticker or something. Um. Just but, tell them to go with the flow and watch the show. I know. I'll tell you a couple of things that we that are '80s related. Oh, and I had a little bit of um, news commentary also for you before we get into the song. Yep. The first '80s related thing I wanted to report to you is that we recently watched the movie White Nights. Do you remember it? Did you ever with watch Gregory it Gregory Hines and Mikhail Gorbachev? The very one. I've not never- not Mikhail Gorb- Gorbachev. Oh. <laughs> Mistake. Sorry, I'm laughing so hard. (laughs) Mikhail (laughs) Voroshnikov. Yeah,
1: Ah. that would be a person. I would watch
0: that movie though. I'd like to see him pirouette. Yeah, Mikhail Gorbachev dancing across the Mm -hmm. (laughs) and jeté, jeté Uh. with Gregory Hines. Sorry, it's not that funny, but I got a mental image. Yes. So why'd you watch that? What? Because it came up in one of our conversations. I swear. How did it come up? I don't remember. But then for some reason, maybe Spotify or something played for me the um, love theme from it. Uh, You you have no right to ask me how I feel. uh, Separate lives. Yeah. Yeah. Which I had. <clears throat> excuse me the piano music too as a adolescent and so I knew all the words I this all was gone from my mind until the song came on the radio and I sang every single syllable of every single lyric and I remembered it was because I had the piano music and looked at all the lyrics for so Did you long You play the piano as a kid mm-hmm. totally no, I didn't I'm not I sure think I, I, I might have stopped by the time I met you actually I think so Because I had, yeah, I have to say it was like not fun songs that I played and like enforced practice. And that was like very easy to like wring all the fun out of it. Yeah. Anyway, and then I looked up the soundtrack and it has also, uh, I can't remember which Lou Reed song on it and Say You Say Me by Lionel Richie. And it was like this awesome soundtrack. And also because you and I on this podcast have talked so much about the Cold War, I was Mm -hmm. like very interested in this Cold War relic of this movie, you know, Mm -hmm. and it also had, by the way, like quite high ratings on IMDb, like people were still really liking it. So that's why we watched it. I'm just going to say, listeners, go ahead and watch it. I mean, the dancing, sure, is pretty incredible, but it was also so the plot of it is that Gregory Hines is a defector from the U.S. to the Soviet Union. What? Yes and he's living there with his Russian wife and then there's the plane crash but and Mikhail Barishnikov now I am <laughs> almost doing it is in a plane crash and he too had defected from the Soviet Union to the US and so he's recaptured and then it's Gregory Hines' job to get him to like repatriate and to get on board and then there's like this daring escape and then Ultimately, Gregory Hines is traded for another prisoner of war at the very end, and Berechnakov has escaped. And Gregory Hines' wife is played by, in her film debut, Isabella Rossellini. No and way. the Berechnakov love interest is Helen Murin. Wow. Yeah. So, how does it's- she look? How old was she? Fucking great. They all look so great. They all look amazing. Like all the dancing and the appearances and everything are beautiful and amazing. But separate lives, it makes no sense as a love theme because there's not, it's not about, it's so oddly placed in the movie, the way (laughs) it's used. The song's theme and the movie's theme don't match up at all. Yes. And Mm -hmm. the montage when they play it has no correspondence to the (laughs) concepts of the song. There it is. We watched it, and uh, yes, and we thought about Siberia and everything because that's where everyone's trying to avoid going. And I like Stonehenge, Easter Island, definitely. I also like thinking about Siberia sometimes, Um, not because I'm interested in the site of like torture and human degradation, but because of its like weird ecology and how far it it is in the world. Like it's very odd placement in the world. Yeah. Hey, Elizabeth, you like coffee, right? I love coffee. I'm addicted to it, you might even say. Me too. We talk a lot about coffee on this podcast, but did you know that now our listeners can actually buy us a coffee? I didn't know that. Tell should me I, more. Should I tell you more? You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash sickburns. And buy us a coffee or two, and then you could get us a coffee, get yourself a coffee, sit yourself down, listen to the podcast, we'll all have coffee together. It sounds delightful. Friends, pal, sipping coffee together. Yeah, chitty chatting. Just go your, go get yourself a coffee, get us one too, buymeacoffee.com slash I feel like today's theme is like rebellion a little bit, and so I wanted. Ooh. that's one reason why I wanted to bring up white knights because it was also like these political rebellions. And also because I see and read about and feel and perceive like people like bucking against various systems and so forth. And I um, feel like I'm always kind of trying to figure out like how they could do it more effectively. And also sometimes you'll see something like, you know, um, defection from a regime like the USSR. And then it seems like other... Other forms of rebellion look a little bit smaller. So the other thing I wanted to bring up that's news commentary, basically. And I guess this is also related to maybe to teenage rebellion, because I don't know about you, but I thought of myself as a bit of a rebel as a teenager. Did you think that? Did I think you were a bit of a rebel? Well, I meant, did you think that about yourself? No. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I, well, I mean, I suppose... In small ways, but like compared to other people, no. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you were more of a rebel than I was. Well, I almost feel like I can pinpoint the moment of my rebellion, and that, oh. and that I think is comes from learning things about the Catholic Church in probably sophomore year, maybe when we were fifteen, in like religion classes. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like their vast art collection. Mm-hmm. you know, being learned about like at the same time as all the stuff that Jesus said about helping the poor, you know, and I felt like the riches versus the right things actually spoken by the dude were in such obvious conflict. And I feel that that's like developmentally appropriate for a 15 year old, you know, to notice like question authority and notice totally the, the hypocrisy of those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Teenagers are masters of pointing out their parents hypocrisy. Yeah. And one of the things too, at the time that I noticed, but that really, it just kind of got planted, but it really like has just driven me consistently crazy over the years is the inconsistent stance of the American Catholic church on abortion versus the death penalty. It (laughs) drives me out of my fucking mind. Yep. I know which, uh, (laughs) I I know which current (laughs) event you're going to bring up. Uh Yes. And that came up again recently with the U.S. Catholic Church saying they were going to deny Joe Biden communion. Well, they didn't just say Joe Biden. They said any politician who supports abortion rights. But they did not say any politician who supports the death penalty. No, they didn't. And to me, that is like the, the. akin also to like the second amendment people ignoring the well-regulated militia aspect of the second amendment. Like I feel so childish about it because it is so glaring and blunt and such an obvious omission. And because it's so obvious, it makes it that much more obvious that this is not about quote unquote life, but about controlling people's namely women's behavior, and that there's no political expediency to protecting the life of people behind bars. And Like, it's just so obvious and it drives me crazy. But I will also say that I feel that it is a bit rejuvenating (laughs) because it's... Like because a child can notice that hypocrisy, like it makes me feel young again, young, youngly <laughs> rebellious because because like I'm a little old to be calling people hypocrites. You know what I mean? Because like life is long and complicated and who every- hasn't been hypocritical in their own way. Exactly. Yeah. And you have you know, we all like have jobs that we have to do things, for, you know, for or whatever things or things yeah. that we once we have kids that we never thought we would do or whatever. Right. Um, so that, so I'm a little old to be calling people hypocrites, but it is like bright and shining there for me to feel 15 years old again and say, you people are so obvious and, you know, picture them in their like black robes and their hats and, um, taking themselves so seriously when it's all just fucking bullshit. It's almost like you could expect to march up to one of them and, have a little hissy fit and say, how can you even tell me that I can't get communion? Like you're not the boss of me or whatever. And then for them to be like, because I said so, do you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, like, exactly. Well, you yes. can, Why do you get to do that? Why do you get to decide it? That doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. Right. And it doesn't matter to them <laughs> that it's logical or not. Right. Because it is about, because they said, because so. it's about power. Yes, so obviously so. Yeah, the hypocrisy of saying that the whole tenet of what they believe in is about love and community and right. forgiveness and c- communion right with, why do why do I have to come to you to get a Eucharist? Like yeah. I, God is there for everyone. And yeah. they'd say, because that's the way it works. Well, who decided right. that? I did. <laughs> yeah, not Jesus. Jesus was like n- no one will say talk about that he was a communist, you know, and like like that the whole point of everything he did was anti-authoritarian. A big old hippie anarchist. Holy. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really infuriating. I mean but, some people do talk about that, but not but not the US Council of Catholic Bishops. Yeah, right. A lot of United States Christians won't. Oh it just dri- it drives me batty too and i and i think how, how hurtful like we know why they did it. it to your point it's because of joe biden right and for him to have so staunchly kept his faith through everything he's been through uh, personally speaking i think um it just feels like a big old smack in the face to him um it's- Although the po- the other thing I like about it, though, is the Pope before they did it was like, nah, I'm not really on board with that. <laughs> and the Pope is the fucking Pope. Like, are you? He's their boss. Are you not- yes, exactly. Yeah. And they I know. ignore him. That also drives me crazy because I'm like, you're the ones who chose this medieval hierarchical religion. <laughs> right. So are you going to do it or aren't you? So they're also like they just want to have their cake and eat it. Too. They just want to do what they want to do yes. and they don't care. Yes. And it's, it's so taunting, isn't yes. it? That they're like, well, make us, yes. stop, try and stop us. Yes. And he <sighs> is, he is in my lifetime, the most Jesus-like Pope, I think, that I've seen. And I remember when, was it about gay marriage or something, when he first became Pope? And he was like, well, who am I to judge? <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think he put out a quote. Shortly after they they made their um, declaration, he basically just just put out a statement and said that they were wrong, and he did it by quoting right. some chapter and verse on them. But right, yeah, I uh, let them fight yeah. it out. I don't who cares yeah. anymore. It's just so hypocritical. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, that's my news commentary, and the, but that could lead us into the song for today, which is also about rebellion. Segue away. Yeah. The song is We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. Yes. I'm here for that. Very excited. Yeah. And I have to say, I've listened to it several times since selecting it and I really like it. I like the song. Like I like the melody more on that later, the lyrics too. Like, I feel like it is a wholesome song and a wholesome and melodic song that I can really get behind. So that's already giving away my verdict, I guess, (laughs) but (laughs) I remember, so you may have similar associations with this song to me. Like if, if I hadn't listened to it recently or looked up some stuff about it, my main association with it would be the twisted sister logo being written in marker on some of the boys who were kind of bad boys in my middle school. Oh, jeans, jackets. Like they were all into like writing the logos of, what I guess they perceived to be like sort of scary but sounding band, sure, right? Uh, in like sharpies on their denim jackets, uh huh. <clears throat> and maybe they had like so on patches also, uh-huh. Yep. And so the logo, like to me, is what I picture on like Eric Krueger's dirty jeans jacket. Is this and- an actual person? I think it is. Yep. I, I don't know if we'll need to beat that out or not. Because or did not... you just pick a very good, this sounds like the name of somebody you could have gone to grade school name with um, because it does sound like maybe that. both. And I have something else to say about that individual or maybe a different individual that I've mixed him up with. And, that's, <laughs> and it's about like heavy metal okay. bands and things. Uh-huh. And so I think it was probably 10 or 12 years ago, at, when, at my height of Facebook use when I was looking up a bunch of people that I went to grade school with or whatever. yeah. And I don't think it was him. It was someone else. I went into a little rabbit hole, like friends of friends of friends or whatever, and found this guy and he had gone to my grade school and he was really into like death, I guess. I don't know my genres. I guess you would call it maybe death metal, like sure. at, uh-huh. at the moment of my search and his and they all had and all the bands he was into had like the most like horrific violent names oh, you yeah. know to like offend <laughs> you, everyone you've told this story before I think on the podcast yeah what was the name of his yeah. the best one I don't know if it was his band or if it was just one of the fan. it was the best name though was and when I say it you have to picture umlauts above all the vowels okay because that's how all those bands do it to look like scandinavian or Uh whatever so the band name was aborted hitler cock (laughs) that's right because cock was spelled and so it looked like kirk yes i did say it on that yeah so that's him and that's the guy who would have had the twisted sister oh so it was like a gateway drug for him maybe so yes maybe so (laughs) Do you have associations with Twisted Sister or the song from... I do. I remember being... Well, we were quite young. It came out in 1984. 1983? When did it come out? 1984. So what, what grade were we in? Third? Second? I don't, I don't know. We were in one I of would, our- I think fifth. Fourth, fifth, or sixth. Okay. I remember being at like my parents' friend's house, and it was on TV. Te- the... They had two sons and this, they had MTV at their house. I didn't at this point. It was on TV and they were watching it. And one of the dads, I feel like said something, um, you know, disparaging about Dee Snyder's mm-hmm. look. Yeah. Um, being effeminate or something like that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, huh, I guess he does have like a lot of makeup on. I was just kind of like... Mm-hmm. Uh, transfixed by it not Mm -hmm. scared because although Mm -hmm. he tries to look quite scary the Mm -hmm. way he comes off um, I was just like what why does he have so much makeup on and pink stuff on his cheeks and
1: it was mm-hmm. just a lot
0: to take in. Yeah, it's a there's a lot of sensory information being given. Yeah, um, amidst and all his, of that hair, like so, just yeah. mane. Oh my god! So I've often thought of myself as D. Snyder's hair heiress. Like I feel <laughs> like I have his hair from that, like uh-huh. very strongly. So maybe I'm drawn to the song for that reason. And yes, I was reminded because of your of blonde curls.
1: And I would have said
0: frizziness also. Yes. You Mm, know, he's got some quite well-defined curls. The last time I looked at the video. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. It just looks like they could use like maybe a touch more product or conditioner or something. Perhaps it. I mean, I wonder how you care for a man like that. Like, yeah, did he comb it? Did he tease it? Did he just like wash and then scrunch? Yeah. What was the process? I don't know. Probably some blow drying to make it like stick out so much, you know? And get the extra volume from the frizz. Yeah. It could be a wig. We could be ignoring the obvious. Yeah. I also wondered that, but he mm-hmm. does have hair kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he had like additional hair pieces or whatever to give it more, mm-hmm. like just accentuate what mm-hmm. he naturally had going on. I learned from Twitter that his longtime spouse is was his is slash was his hairstylist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's love if you're taking care of that mop, right? Yeah. Definitely love grows from that. Yeah, Takes a lot of patience and tenderness. Oh, yes. And they've been married like a very long time, right? For sure. Like since the 80s or the 70s or something. Nothing more than being sort of transfixed by watching it at a friend's house and then having some dad say something I, I don't you. think he used a bad word because we were quite young but he was you know said like where is more makeup than your mother or something like that you know oh yeah uh, i think parents at that in that era had a real hard time with all the guys wearing makeup in the i see, absolutely you and everything right. yeah. yes um well there's so the video. Uh, I just want to say, my aforementioned spouse, his friend, is one of the kids in it. Um, you're kidding? Yeah. Oh no, my gosh, that's so cool. I know you're not the only one on this podcast who knows famous people. You know which what I'm saying? kid does he know? Well, it's not the main one. Who's the the main one who turns into D. Snyder is the son of the director. Oh, interesting. Um, but my spouse believes. That the kid, the one who was like his friend, and I don't think it was like his good friend, but just like in an outer friend circle or something, might have had some other, some connection to the band, like his dad was maybe a lawyer for them or something, you know, something like that. <laughs> and that's who winds up getting cast in videos back then is yes. like the band's lawyer's kid. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, to Southern day. California. I know. <laughs> delightful. By the way, did you know who's that actor? The um, woman who's so good, and she is—is is she Jonah Hill? sister? Oh no, good guess. Um, she's been in oh my gosh, some really good things. Oh, Jonah Hill. We need a sister who's an actress. Where's our production assistant? Who's our production assistant today? Oh, Beanie, Beanie Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein. Scene. Yeah. Yeah, their father was uh, Guns N' Roses financial advisor, or is. (laughs) I mean, these are jobs in the world, you know? I guess, but isn't Axl Rose like famously broke? Mm, You mean maybe he didn't do such a good job? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Also, wait, are you telling me that Hill is not Jonah's real last name? That's the big reveal of today. Isn't that fascinating? I think he's I think (laughs) funny he doesn't look Jewish (laughs) yes (laughs) good anyway reference yeah thanks um oh my gosh I love her I know oh my god what did I just see her and it was so good it was so good book smart oh I think it was book smart oh I I I love that that movie yeah so good so good Anyway. Okay. So Chad's friend was in it. He was not the kid who turns into D. Snyder. And then the father who's in it and listeners may wish to pause and go watch the video. Make sure you watch the extended version. The father is played by an actor named Mark Metcalf and he delivers the same speech to his kids. He, he's in animal house. He plays an ROTC officer in animal house. Do you and know the name of the- his character? Douglas C. something? Niedermeyer. C. Niedermeyer. Douglas C. Niedermeyer. (laughs) Are you going to do the famous line that he says? You're weak and worthless. I can't remember what it is. What is it? Is that a pledge pin on your uniform? (laughs) (laughs) Pledge pin? good yeah. thing we have like the screen in front of the microphone here yeah these are all good like little forms of authority that we're dealing with here so he doesn't ask- oh yeah because he says is that a twisted sister pin on your yes uh-huh. well the speech is like a child abuse in the Completely, oh. <laughs> 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 I watched the video in preparation yes. for this and I was horrified by it yeah, I was like I-, w- I thought that he was going to hit the kid with a table yeah, I feel like it's one of so many things from the 80s that is so appalling today and that would be someone would be like jailed for, and, you know, like it's so belittling and demeaning and trying to like take the kid down. How about And how I terrified take... the mother was of him. She's yeah, sitting right. at the kitchen table like, "He's just a kid."
1: Whatever yeah, the guy's but...
0: name was. And and but your friends dad's problem was with the makeup, you know, like, cause we were all watching it just being like, yeah, that's an authoritarian dad for you. That's how dads are. That's a dad <laughs> demeaning and belittling beats his wife spitting in his kids. You face. No dads. Yeah. But the weird <laughs> thing is like, obviously at that time, this is what I always have trouble with. Like most dads were not like that. So like when people say, well, it's a different time. Yes, I guess in some ways it was, but also it wasn't because just like today, most people were not like that. Well, our dads weren't, but their dads might have been. And that's who was making mm. the media. So oh, the generation pr- prior, you mean? Right, the silent uh, generation, because yes. they were all, yes. you know, shell-shocked and whatever. Yeah. and um, Shell-shocked, so thousand-yard stare. Yeah, that maybe, was maybe it World was World War One. Oh, it was. So. Well, what did they call but it I in World War mean, II when they came Korea. home and they just all had PTSD? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and, or like the other dad that it brings to mind is the dad in Stand By Me, Gordy Lachance's dad, who's like, why can't you be more like your brother? Remember that whole plot line? He was like a real gruff. mean. Yeah. And, and same outfit as the dad has on in this video, like kind of like, w- Like a uniform, almost that he wore to the factory or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like uh, coveralls or whatever. Mm -hmm. But weirdly, they're in this like gorgeous Victorian dining room, Uh. (laughs) all beautiful walnut paneling. (laughs) I'm like, what is this house? You mean in the in the video video in in the the Twisted Sister video? Yeah, yeah, like a gorgeous house that then later gets completely demolished. Yeah, it was like a very Norman Rockwell little dinner scene with the mom in an apron and everything. Absolutely Norman Rockwell. That's totally what went through my mind when I was watching it. That's a good point though about the generation that was making these media. Yeah. yeah. And their own parents. But and that generation would have maybe gotten a lot of humor from Animal House for that same reason, you know, because yep. Those were the authority. Animal House came out in maybe like 77 or 78 or something maybe. Oh, did it? Gosh. You know what's so funny about that is that went right over my head the first time I saw it. I don't yeah. remember when I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I didn't realize that it was a current movie that was set in the past. I just thought ah, it was from the 60s. Like happy days. Right, exactly like that. Ah. Because I watched it quite a while after it had been out, so I just yeah. assumed it was like filmed right. in the yeah. Time when you listen to Sam cook in the cafeteria or whatever, but yeah. it wasn't, was it? Cause John Belushi would, was like height of his fame and Kevin Bacon's in it for crying out loud. Yeah. So it would have been like late seventies. Yeah. Weird. 78. Weird. Um, Brigadoon just brought me the information and it's from, it's from 78. Is that who's on staff for the research this week? Brig- Brigadoon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's new. Yeah. So we'll see. Teleported here from good. a fantasy world. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Where they name people kind of weird names, After but whatever. musicals. Yeah. What know. do I know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he's a terrible father <laughs> and threatening his child who like run. Didn't he like run up to his room and like play the air guitar? Yes. And then they were like, what is that noise? <laughs> music yes and then they and then when he went upstairs and he said what do you what do you want to do and then he says in d snyder's voice i want to rock <laughs> <laughs> and didn't we think this was like the greatest video that we'd ever seen? i don't know <laughs> except i don't know i it holds Who a, thought that eric it, kruger did eric kruger did <laughs> legions of adolescent boys Thought this was pretty. Look, they trotted out some pretty awesome special effects in this movie. You can't lie. The part where they, where they, he spins Spins. and twists into Dee Snyder. Amazing. Fancy stuff. Uh huh. They, all the kids in the, at the dinner table turn into the band, right? Yes. Which one does, does your spouse's friend turn into? I don't know. Is he the cherubic little blonde boy who laughs? Oh. The only thing to know is he has no lines, you know, that's sure. all I know. You got to pay him if they say something. Right. But the band, the in the video, the band is so, <laughs> <laughs> like, the fringe and the, like, animal fur and the, like, bondage costumes and the makeup and the... Um, the straps, the straps and the flapping feathers and everything are really it's like something. Do you remember those Capital One commercials where the warring barbarians come <laughs> and they're like, What's in your voice? Oh, yes, I that's do. what these outfits remind me. But more colorful. Of. Like yes. D Snyder, I'm fairly certain he's got like football shoulder pads on that he's covered with yes. feathers or something. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm like, why? He looks like he is about to fight a war of independence against England for Ooh, Scotland. Maybe or that something. was the rebellion. Uh, of like what? What and why these? Cr- like, yeah. what are the things called that the banditos wear that hold all the bullets? What is that called? That X with. the Oh, you're right. I was thinking of that more as like a bondage thing. Um, oh, interesting. But that's probably taken from that maybe so i don't, I don't know. know i just i think where do 80s heavy metal rockers go to get their outfits yeah like well what I think, stores do they visit for this okay so probably like vivian westwood right like it okay, wasn't better sure, sure uh-huh and then but they also probably had like production you know costumers you know so maybe well, but people were not when things. they're starting their band well like, let me yeah this was not a new band. I can tell you a little bit more oh, about it. Okay. In fact, I mean, I think that they had some like production behind. I think they had like enough pull to have some money to make okay. this video. Right. I mean, they got Mark Metcalf for crying out loud. Right. Uh, I wanted to just say as a side note, to Mark Metcalf. This is the second song that we've done recently to invoke Buffy the Vampire Slayer because he plays the master on Buffy. And also he plays the maestro on Seinfeld. <laughs> yes. That's weird that they're both. I know. Maestro means master, right? Completely. Yes. Huh. Yeah. That's and weird. And funny. I know. Was that, I, mean, a, I haven't watched Buffy. Is that like a big part? Was he in it a it's, lot? Um, it's an important part in some seasons. Yes. Okay. Yes. I would say for sure. There's a lot of um, important parts in Buffy, I would say. Hey, I will tell you I Googled him. I read like yeah. the first three sentences or whatever. He's from Ohio. He's from Findlay, Ohio. Which is like uh yes, Northwestish Ohio. I saw that and I declined to mention it because he didn't grow up there. So I Oh he didn't? Yeah, I don't want to clean him. Just born there. Yeah. Mm. 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 Okay. But I think he did also at one point then move back and live in Columbus, even. Really? Yeah, because he married someone. There was some little thing about his bio where he. Oh, interesting. Maybe a second wife or something. Who hasn't lived here for a little bit of time, at least. Seriously. Well, okay. So D. Snyder. Okay. So the band started in very, like 1971, 1973. And they were. D. Snyder didn't join until 1976. And that's when he became the main lyricist. Huh. So they had already been rocking for with D Snyder for at least eight years before they recorded it and had some success and they were kind of modeling themselves on like glam rock at the time in the seventies, like the New York dolls and David Bowie, Mott the Hoople and all that. And um, also in particular a band called Slade. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and Slade recorded, wrote and recorded Come on, Feel the Noise in 1973. I always thought of that as a Quiet Riot song from the 80s, but it's not. It's a Slade song from 1971. Quiet Riot covered that song? That's That's a cover. Yes. And all those boys in my fifth grade loved that one too. And Quiet Riot. Wow. That's kind of mind-blowing. I know. What good is Quiet Riot to us at this point if they didn't even write that song? No No offense to them, but... Well, they included some like Black Sabbath member of some sort. Mm, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Slade also sings one of those pretty fantastic Christmas songs. That's that's how I know them actually is from their Christmas song. Is it like a rock and roll Christmas song? Um, yes. It's hmm. Merry Christmas, everybody. And it's Would the I one recognize that goes- it? Yeah, go. Well, here it is. Merry Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Do, 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 do. Hmm. It's only just begun. Hmm. That sound? Am I not doing a good job? I think you're doing a really good job, but I don't recognize it. And maybe it could be also because Christmas songs tend to like fade into the background anyways. You know what I mean? Yes. Um. Anyway... D-Snyder lyricist and so I th- so I'm going to say I think D-Snyder's a pretty interesting dude and I follow him on Twitter like oh. to at that time and to this day and um he cites Slade as the inspiration for the song but also he cites the Christmas oh speaking of Christmas oh come all ye faithful what and if yeah and listeners, if you go and listen to We're Not Gonna Take It, you will hear, Oh, Come All You Faithful, now that I've told you that. da, 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 da. <gasps> da. Oh, my gosh. We're not gonna take it <laughs> anymore. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. And in fact, that was the basis for an Australian politician who wished to use that song for his campaign. And so he said... And and Twisted Sister or Snyder said, no, you can't use it. And he said, yes, I can, because it's not your song. It's O Come All Ye Faithful, which is in the public realm. Which is and- actually a deste fidelis, right? Oh, right. Oh, right. yeah. It goes back real far because it's the Latin. Yeah. Well, he lost because oh, I th- he did. still Twisted Sister was able to claim their rights to it. Um, because of but- the cowbell, they added something <laughs> new yes. that made it. Yes. Yes. And a court of law, it really held up. Oh, Brit, um, Brigadoon just brought me a treat. Oh, what kind of treat is it? It's a smoothie. Oh my gosh, that looks delicious. Thanks, Brigadoon. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, gotta keep oh. up your energy to make it through this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you think it's a low energy podcast? No, like Jeb Bush. This is This <laughs> podcast is so low energy. <laughs> Jeb Bush. So okay, oh come all you faithful D. Snyder. Over the years, people have wanted to use this song, as you can imagine. So Paul Ryan wanted to use it in 2012 for his presidential campaign, and Snyder said, "Please don't. I'm voting for Obama." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Ryan was gonna yes. use gonna Take it anymore? Oh my god. Yeah, because he's because you know how he loves all that makeup and. He's so anti-establishment. Feathers. You know how he loves his feathers. <laughs> yeah. And his fringe. Yeah. Well, because people think, you know, it's such an anthem for like being against authority. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So a lot of people have tried to use it. And um, and I mean, to be fair, like in my mind it is too. Like I have like thought of it numerous times, what you know, in feeling like okay, whenever you come across something that you don't want to take anymore. Totally. Mm. So Dee Snyder, I think, I think he's like a nice guy and he's from Long Island and the band is from New Jersey. And so he, uh, along the way, somehow made the acquaintance of one Donald J. Trump, oh. who wished to use the song for his presidential campaign, which some of us may remember some, those of those listeners who are old enough may remember Reach that way back. <laughs> 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 And D. Snyder was like, sure. And then as soon as Trump started campaigning, D. Snyder was like, oh, um, no. <laughs> Did I say yes? I meant no. Because <laughs> I think they considered each other pals and hadn't really. And I don't think like D. Snyder knew what was going to come out of that. He was like, oh, I thought you were like a goofball. And yeah, maybe I yeah, and it would just scared. be kind of funny, exactly. Right. Like a, get a kick out of it. Oh my so we God. made him stop. But also anti-abortion, pro-life group wanted to use it. And then D. Snyder was like, No, I'm pro-choice. Please stop. But then he was very strongly encouraging of the teacher strikes in 2018 in Oklahoma and Arizona using it. So I don't know. I feel like all oh, that makes him a real nice guy. But then he also gave. Oh, my God. He gave the song to this charity called Heal Every Life Possible, which has to do with cancer and childhood cancer. And I think, did you ever watch that video that I sent you of that? I think I did. Yes, because it was very sad. And yeah, he re-recorded. So he just gave them the song to be able to use. Hmm. And then he re-recorded like a very kind of stripped down version of it with him singing with someone playing a piano. And it's very beautiful. And the video shows all these kids with cancer and it makes, it made me cry and cry. And then I told my family about it at dinner that night. And then I started crying, just telling them about it. it was so sad. Yeah. But he, and I gotta say, man, I think that was recorded. I don't know, probably within the last few years. I feel like he still got it. Like he still seems like a rocker yeah. and he's, he's real hand. I think his hand, you know, maybe his styling is not to my taste, but I think he's very handsome and charismatic. Mm-hmm. And he was also on, um, Oh, Cobra Kai. Speaking of the eighties, he had a like, it was yeah. Twisted sister was featured in an episode of Cobra Kai where this kid was like temporarily paralyzed. And so his sensei like brings him to a concert and his foot starts tapping to twisted sister and d snyder's like encouraging the crowd to encourage him and uh, so i just feel like he shows up in these kind of like sweet ways didn't he also in your research about him did you find anything about i feel like he used to have a show on vh1 or it was a maybe i'm simply remembering there was a like behind the music or something about twisted sister and i'm remembering that there was like video of him and his family living like a pretty, like a lovely domestic situation in the late nineties on Long Island somewhere like him and his wife, just like ambling about their backyard or something together. And they talked about how they'd been married for a long time. He, he had, unveiled that like slicked back ponytail look that he still rocks now I love it and you're well, like oh how nice I can see your face now you have such a <laughs> nice face I'm so glad you pulled all that mop back it looks so nice to see it. your face yeah. Yes. well I didn't see that and I don't remember it I wish I had but that fits with the what I know about it you know they had a bunch of kids and yeah. you know are happily married and his twitter presence is I feel to me, it's very soothing to, to read um, because he not only like still rocks and like promotes, I think he wrote like a rock opera and he promotes Mm -hmm. his own work, you know? So he's like somebody with like a lot of creative, creative purpose, you know, and he can Uh doing it, but he also like engages people. So he himself identifies as a Christian, like he's a religious guy and he, calls, takes to task a lot of the hypocrites that we were open this podcast talking about. Uh And we'll talk about like poverty and women's rights and things like that. And he like engages with people and, and then I'll make like little jokes, like religious, right. I call them the religious wrong, like (laughs) stuff like that, that I find very endearing. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a dad joke. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. (laughs) He's very wholesome. He's very, you know, he's not going to like be fomenting a, you know, communist revolution in the United <laughs> States, but he's so like, um, yeah, he seems sort of like wise and gentle and, Aww. you know, and he's rocking too. So I, I find him very endearing. I wonder if he is, if his kids have kids at this point, because that sounds like a very fun grandpa. Well, he, he's certainly old. And I mean, you know, he's our parents age. Yeah. He's, so he's definitely younger. at least in his sixties, if not 70 at this point. Right. Yeah, totally. And they're like, "Papa, let's watch your video of you in the leather pants." <laughs> Papa. Why didn't you blend your blush better, Papa? <laughs> your Papa was the original contour genius. Look at those cheekbones. <laughs> well, he, and I'll also say like even at the time he was more interested in Twisted Sister being associated with like glam metal or glam rock than heavy metal in spite of Eric Kruger's jeans jacket. Yeah. Well, I don't feel like we had good vocabulary for all those different genres back then. Everything was just heavy metal. Totally. And that's another generational thing. I mean, so at that point, okay, 84, he was like in his thirties and the band was in their thirties. And so glam rock was like a more meaningful and those kinds of authoritarian dads in the video were like more meaningful reference points. Yeah. Than yeah. Did ma- you, Yeah. Do you know what I also, speaking of dad jokes, now I'm remembering that there's this running joke through the video where Mark Metcalf keeps getting pushed out the window and yeah. um, mm-hmm. it happens the first time where they start rocking and I can't remember if it's like somebody pushes him or it's just the sound of the rocking. He flies out the window and lands on the ground. And then like a bunch Mm -hmm. of glass and glass shards kind of like fall on his stomach. And he woozily, very cartoonishly, like lifts his head up looking all cuckoo. And his wife throws a bucket of water into into his face to revive him. And then it happens again. And Uh she squirts him in the face with the garden hose and then towards the end of the video he's like looking around the room and there's a window on one side and a window on the other side and so he sort of stands mm-hmm. in the corner and he's like oh, i'll be okay you know he sort of like yeah. looks around like relieved and then all of a sudden he just gets pushed back through the wall right and you're just like this guy just, <laughs> why does he just keep flying out of the walls like why is yeah. this a some sort of like teenage boy fantasy that you wish you could just kick yeah. your father through a window well, they were known for their slapstick videos like I feel like that's part of the wholesomeness of the band it really is it's like the goofiest yes. it's like a roadrunner cartoon or something and yes. um and then I also watched I want to rock the video for I want to rock oh yeah did you watch that mm-hmm. one too no is it slapstick also it's the same video but set at a school it is the same video because he even says i mean that's the name of that song is i want to rock and they start the video by a kid in class saying i want to rock the teacher is the dad from is mark metcalf is mark metcalf Uh and he's doing his same old douglas niedermeyer spiel and then at the end he just keeps getting thrown out of that he gets blown up with dynamite at one point. He gets pushed out of a window. He gets pushed into the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he crawls into the principal's office. And the principal <laughs> is the guy that played flounder <laughs> in Animal House. So I'm also like, whoa, The there? tables have turned. What is the fascinate? And then he squirts <laughs> him in the face with seltzer. It's like, huh. okay, Mark, listen, here's what we're going to need from you in these videos, babe. You're going to get pushed out a lot of structures. Right. And then we're going to put water in your face one way or another. (laughs) Are you okay with that? You will not have a stunt double, but. I mean, that's always like hearkening back to previous generations too. Like, I feel like all the parents. Oh, because although also twisted sister was the object of tipper gore's ire you know the parents music resource council the but all of it is just hearkening back to like these ideas of 50s humor authority right. like, these these guys are so wound up being so benign totally. it's ridiculous at this point to think that somebody had some terrible like put them on a list of stuff you can't listen to but i will say though listen to these lyrics so we're not going to take it okay um We've got the right to choose it. There ain't no way to lose it. This is our life. This is our song. We'll fight the powers that be. Just don't pick our destiny because you don't know us. You don't belong. Then there's the chorus. And then the end he sings, oh, you're so condescending. Your gall is never ending. We don't want nothing, not a thing from you. And I feel like that is more rebellious than... It is like more profoundly rebellious than just wearing fringe and feathers and like rocking your guitar at your high school when you're not supposed to. Yeah. Like telling the person who had, and, and it ends your life is trite and jaded, boring and confiscated. If that's your best, your best won't do. Like it's totally owning the person in authority, like saying like you're condescending and you're gall. Like, you know, it's like, Putting them down so haughtily, not just like we have to rock and we have to do, we have to be ourselves and we have to have our identity. It's like really much, I feel like actually like hitting a nerve maybe, but not in the way that everyone thought they were. I wonder what made them, what made him so mad that he was inspired to write it. Like, I know who was he talking to? Just the establishment? Yeah, that's a good question, because I'm not sure that he himself is like a super rebellious person, except maybe in the like Jesus way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because, hating hypocrisy and. Yeah, well, and, and that was the whole injustice. Jesus thing was anti-authoritarian in those ways of being the gall and the condescension and everything, you know? So I don't know. Flipping the tables in the temple with the money changing. Yes. I don't, I hope D. Snyder listens to this and knows that we are likening him to Christ because uh, that maybe he would be flattered by that. Sounds like he's earned it at this point. Yeah. But I, yeah. So I'm impressed with how, how what a put down it is to those people in authority, like and little, So I don't know who he was singing to necessarily, but I think he was identifying true things about authority in general, you know? Yes. And to the many people you listed who wanted to use it, it obviously has teeth, right? Like yes, it it can apply to lots of situations. Anytime you feel like you're being wronged and you are tired of it and done with it, trot this song out. Yes. And the American Council of Catholic Bishops, their gall in fact, is never ending. (laughs) Should we just get them on the horn and play that song? (laughs) I don't really show them, I think. Yeah, (sighs) well, at this point, most of those guys are probably of the age that they may even remember that song. Yeah, that would be funny if they got mad at us for bringing up men wearing makeup. You know what I mean? The Catholic bishops? Yeah. Would they get mad at us about that? Do they care? Yes. Uh, yeah, surely. Oh my God. Totally. I'm sure like the nuns at my school were mad oh. about all of that stuff. Yeah, you're right. None of them did wear makeup, did they? Who the nuns, the nuns, they were not allowed to They weren't allowed to. Yeah. And they probably chew even to this day, choose not to, but I will tell you as much hatred as I have for those Catholic bishops. I have a lot of love for nuns. They're usually involved in social justice issues, you know? Yeah. Anti-nuclear stuff, anti-death penalty. Yeah. Like Helen, sister Helen Prajon. Yeah. It's all the women doing the thankless work of, of the world. Right. Anyway, that is my song and that is the end of it. Oh, except we have to do the verdict, which I already revealed mine. Oh yeah. Thumbs up for me too. Especially now uh, hearing the backstory of all of it and hearing about him. How can you not give you know the the glow of Dee Snyder's character seems to carry over into this nice song um, and I really enjoy it. look, I love when rockers mix humor into their videos. Mm-hmm. I loved it in the mm-hmm. like uh, that's mm-hmm. why I was such a fan of all the stuff David Lee Roth did mm-hmm. when he went solo and even Van Halen funny stuff like, mm-hmm. I like a I like mm-hmm. a good silly joke in a in a mTV video mm-hmm. yeah, so thumbs up from me, yeah. What about a um, A mixtape? Well, I'll tell (laughs) you, I had two things that I was going to put on the mixtape, and we've already mentioned them both. One was Quiet Riot, Come on, Feel the Noise, Mm -hmm. was the first one. Absolutely. In fact, like when I'm demented in the hospital, in the nursing home someday, I'm going to get these songs mixed up. Come on, feel like I'll start singing one, and I'll go into singing the other. Oh, with um, We're Not Going to Take It? Yes. I mean, their their voices sound a lot the same too, don't yes. they? Yes. And there's a like little yelling? melody similarity at some point too that enables- Because it's like blending. three notes just going up and down and up and yes. down. Uh-huh. Something like that. It's probably more than three, but it seems just like three. And maybe that, if this is, "O oh, come all you faithful, maybe that's like green sleeves or something. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, it also made me think about Spinal Tap. So they have like, yeah. I'm going to rock you. All yeah. of these songs that are <laughs> rock songs about rocking people. I don't know. I just, I think it's funny. And I guess that's not really it. I want to rock. Like I Rockabye Baby. <laughs> sure, rock we my go. soul in the bosom of Abraham. <laughs> oh my God. Reaching <laughs> deep. I haven't thought about that since like. Pre- um, What's the thing called where you Camp? go? The the thing you do in Jamboree, when your parents are at church and you along, go during Sunday church school. Sunday school. My God, <laughs> <laughs> Sunday school. <laughs> the thing that you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a while, I guess, since I've been in Sunday school, but all of those songs of just people rocking. Yeah, and they rocking also or rocking other people. You mean, yes, like, rocking each it's other. It's like a verb. I'm going to rock you. It is a what's that kind of verb called where you something is being done to something? Yeah, a transitive maybe. Yes, a transitive verb, I think. Like so, we will rock you, the queen song too, yes, maybe. All of these. Okay. And there were a lot of them during that like late 70s, early 80s. And in fact, if you think about uh gosh, I can't remember his name, he played Derek Smalls in Spinal Tap, Harry Shearer. Uh huh. Harry Shearer. Had that outfit of like the same little, like no shirt, but the X, the the leather X bondage thing over his chest with the leather pants on, and some sort of like fur epaulettes on his shoulders. Fully. I don't know what that outfit was, but they. God, it was awesome. It was so awesome. (laughs) I have to think that, that that movie and those characters in Spinal Tap had to be heavily influenced by. By Twisted Sister, right? Without question, and Twisted Sister has to have appreciated it. Like they were not—they were laughing at themselves. I feel it is very clear. Like they were not taking themselves seriously, right? Which is so endearing, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because, come on, to put on all that shit and step up on a stage—like you can't take yourself too seriously. You absolutely. look ridiculous. Yes. it's a—it's a silly kind of character, but I guess all those guys did. Like I'm also thinking about Def Leppard and who else mm. sort of had that look. But Def like, Leppard didn't like, Um, they didn't wear makeup and feathers uh, and stuff though, did they? At the beginning they did. Not did they? Okay. by the time Pyromania <clears throat> rolled around, but at the beginning they did, I think. Okay. Hair and like eyeliner and some, the stripy adamant things on their the paint right. kind of stuff on their faces and whatnot. But those were mine. What, what's on your mix mixtape? Well, I'd probably, I was thinking a theme of, you know, like rebel themes, like rebel, rebel, David Bowie, you know, Uh um, I certainly had come on feel the noise for like, before I even looked up anything or whatever, but I'm also now thinking about like other songs by bands that had like elaborate costuming. (laughs) I like a Sly and the Family Stone song on any mixtape for sure. Kiss, kiss has to be on there. Of some sort, obviously. Oh, how did we miss that one? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I guess that would be like, I want to rock and roll all night would be a yes. song, I suppose. It, absolutely. Yeah. That feels like a huge miss. I'm so glad that you thought of it. You're so smart. Yeah. As an aside, can I just tell you that when we first moved where we live in Buffalo six years ago, nearby, we were driving on a road and we saw a sign that said Kiss Dentist. It, and with the with the S's, logo, like- yes, written correctly. <laughs> and oh yeah. And it's closed now, but it was open then. And it also had a <laughs> this is God speaking of a weird authority. Had a cardboard cutout of I want to say Ronald Reagan, but then it also had like a 9 11 tribute. <laughs> this is a very strange very amalgam strange. of mm-hmm. weird cultural signs. Yes. And I looked it up and the Kiss dentist himself had been like featured in the newspaper, you know, a few years before. And like I said, I think it's since closed down, but probably because they got sued. Yeah. Right. Or because he was so wackadoodle that nobody wanted him to work on their most painful (laughs) parts of their body. (laughs) He was expressing like very rightist politics with some of the paraphernalia that were yeah it was also and you can't talk back well he's got his hands in your mouth telling you yeah. all about his political beliefs yeah but that's also what's so strange about some of these dudes and they always are dudes and they're always white like who like these rebellious songs but it's like they think of them as like fascistic or like celebrating maleness you know what i mean even though they're actually the irony of it it's just so weird so weird yeah, I, I just remember that. And I haven't thought about it in a while because we don't drive it past it much, but I'll maybe send you the link to the story about it. It was so odd. Anyway, yes, Kiss has to be on there because of the costumes and what have you. Completely. Deaf Leopard, Quiet Riot. Who are some of those? Oh, Black Sabbath. Some of those bands yeah, all yeah. would need to be on the mixtape, I think. And I know it's like not, he's not that big of a deal in the States, but Mark Bolin and T Rex, like he pioneered yeah. glam rock. So probably. Yeah, maybe also I might throw on some Sex Pistols too, you know? Yeah, why not at this point? They've probably got a song about rocking people. Tonight, I'm going to rock you tonight. The Sex Pistols singer? No, (laughs) no, I just can't. (laughs) Spinal Tap's jokes lit, like hold up. That whole thing, that whole thing completely holds up. And I will also say the songs are damn good. (laughs) They they, are good. They're good at writing songs. I love that song. Totally. The scene where Harry Shearer's character gets stuck in the pod (laughs) in that movie is the funniest thing I've ever seen on video in my life. They all break out, but he can't break out. He can't get out. He's like pounding on it with the back of his fist. (laughs) He's so good in that movie. Just. Just so, good. so quietly funny. I love him. So good. Oh, well, that was a delight. And then I have to go listen to some Quiet Riot and some Twisted Sister. Mm-hmm. Uh and the next time somebody in my house tells me that they don't want what I'm making for dinner, I'm gonna start playing this song for them. Nice. Mm-hmm. Because they're oppressing you. Yes, and their gall is condes- is never ending. Their gall is never ending. <laughs> <laughs> and don't and they can't pick your destiny because they don't know you. <laughs> okay, maybe it doesn't fit so good. <laughs> it's ostensibly I'm the authority. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. They need to play it against you. I guess. Shh, don't give them any idea. <laughs> That was fun, yeah, <sighs> totally. <sighs> okay, well, I'll see you next time. Hey, I can't wait. Okie dokie, bye bye, bye bye. Well, we did it. We burned another song, and we hope you enjoyed it and danced around the fire. If you want to suggest a song or join our conversation, find us on Instagram. We're at Sick Burns Pod on Twitter at at Sick80s or on Facebook as SickBurns and we'd love to get an email from you. Send it to us at burningthe80s at gmail.com and if you haven't yet gotten the message that we're desperate to interact with you but in a totally cool and standoffish way, maybe this will do it. We also have a website and you should definitely use it. Visit SickBurnsPod.com to leave a comment or a voicemail. Ciao for now!